we got a lot to talk about this. We week. have a lot to talk about. Mostly um, characters going away, characters coming in, <laughs> unexpected departures, unexpected arrivals. I guess you gonks. Could, I guess you could say episode sixteen certainly landed, didn't it? Or actually, <laughs> there are now two clone troopers falling infinitely <laughs> in the Bad Batch world. <laughs> Welcome to Rebels and Robots, episode 12. It's Wednesday night. I messed up the start. I did it wrong. I did it wrong. Okay, hold on. Let's try this again. I didn't have it in front of me, and that gotta, was the we problem. Start the banter again. Um, I gotta bring it. Okay, it's Wednesday night, which means it's Starformers night. Welcome to Rebels and Robots, episode twelve with Cameron and Rachel. This is our weekly chat about Star Wars and Transformers. Very nice. Um, we're pretty eager, I think, to talk about today's episodes of Bad Batch mm-hmm. and The Mandalorian. But first, as always, we've got any notes about last week's episode, any recent news, and uh, any recent thoughts. You got anything? Yeah. So I've been seeing some articles floating around. Um, I actually meant to say this last week, but I didn't. Um, that John Boyega has been doing some interviews lately, stating that now he's he's comfortable with the end of Finn's Star Wars journey really Um, yeah that's quite surprising to me yeah so let me see um so here's what he said in an interview with the times um he said so in terms of finn i don't know i feel like the arc that jj tried to tie up that's where i feel comfortable with the release of him and since then i've been able to enjoy as a fan the mandalorian and obi-wan kenobi i'm enjoying the balance of all things um i mean not like because I know he's been openly sharing with the criticisms other people have had of the films, but mm-hmm. it's interesting to um, see this response. Um, of course, you know, everyone, you know, everyone always wants to know, is Finn going to come back? Sure. Will John Boyega come back? I guess yeah. specifically for Finn. I mean, I'd love to see him come back. I'd love to see Finn get fleshed out, but I also understand Mm-hmm. that John Boyega might never want to touch it again. Yeah, I, I imagine in probably about 10 years, the major the the target audience for Star Wars will be the people who grew up with mm-hmm. uh, new Star Wars. I mean, let's, let's do the math. Uh, Force Awakens came out in 2015. Um, 10 years from now will be 2033. Oh, stop that. <laughs> um, and stop that's 18 that. years. So that's well, that's more than enough time for someone who, if you were five years old, when, uh, episode seven came out, you'll be mm-hmm. 2023. 20, and, um, so that's the prime. So that's definitely target range. I think so mm. approximately 10 years or so and not too, not very long at all. And there was 10 years between episode three and episode seven yeah so um i think that's probably well they'll come around and they'll probably pay whatever uh john boyega asks to be paid and he'll get a chance to redeem the character i'm trying to think i feel like there's someone in the back of my mind that had a similar chance to play a character again and get to redeem that character that may have been like 
kind of ruined. Um, maybe um, like Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man oh, and yeah. Andrew Garfield. That, I think that's kind of what I'm going with. Is those, both those actors kind of left with bad taste in everyone's mouth and they got to come back and be in a lot of people's favorite Spider-Man movie. So that's just, just an example off the top of my head. Just enough time for people to go, oh, we never, we never uh-huh. treated, we never treated uh-huh. people bad. Like I uh-huh. saw people going last week about Ahmed Best. Because uh-huh. lots of people were, you know, obviously praising his return i'm thrilled to see him back but the occasional comment well he didn't get treated badly and it's like uh, what yeah a lot of revisionist history in the fan base everyone will act like they always loved we always love the prequels Mm-hmm. everyone's gonna act like they always love the sequels everyone's gonna act like they always loved boyega and daisy ridley and saw an interesting conversation that apparently i think return of the jedi got some similar um when it came up you're like this ruins star wars <laughs> two star two movies two ahead movies of it and it's ruined uh, this is not like comic books <laughs> <laughs> comic books where the lightsabers are pink and and everyone's body proportions are way over the top yeah. anyways any other any other news yeah Andor season two has started filming wow this late wow i would expect them to have started filming a while back i think they're in i think he's in venice they're somewhere over there man it's gonna be a while do we not get it until 2024 i don't know i don't think so i mean i if they're shooting now i really doubt we're gonna get it by the end of the year i don't i don't think it's on like the the timeline release Hmm. yet which is devastating yeah but you know i guess i'd rather them take their time but um i've got some other news yeah go for it uh so Emery, who we'll be talking about later in Bad Batch, the female scientist that has been working yes. with Dr. Hemlock in Bad Batch Season 2, is voiced by Keisha Castle-Hughes, who plays Queen Apollana um, in Star Wars. Oh, in the very brief appearance yes. as the Queen of Naboo at the end of Episode 3. Yes, very brief, but interesting. Kind of, that's, yeah. that's fun. Um, oh, is she the whale rider? Famous, really famous film. It's not super relevant, but Whale Rider was a really famous international film. Yeah. What was her name? Keisha Castle. Yeah, that's her. She. Huh. Oh, and she also played uh, Mary in the Nativity Story film oh, from fun. the mid 2000s with Oscar Isaac. What a it all comes together. Oh yeah, it's all coming together. Um, but um, I think I think Well Rider is a is a Maori film. Yeah, it's from New Zealand. Oh, cool. So she is probably almost certainly Maori, which is should have we should have seen. We should have seen it coming. <laughs> um, that makes a lot of sense, though. Um, uh, so I've been trying to find the. I mean, I kind of forgot about the screenshot after we talked about it last Wednesday. So one thing I was trying to find is the Jedi survivor trailer and one of the instagram ads in the background is one of those slug creatures like we see in rise of skywalker the infamous claude claude i love claude so there was the uh reddit thread was going ham for him you know live claude reaction you have a screenshot i don't oh okay um i'll see if i can find it at the end but um another thing was so my talk i have a ps2 that i still play and i was playing uh, Sly Cooper 3 uh, is that Honor Among Thieves Honor Among Thieves or is that the second one anyway it was the third one 
there's a reference to Star Wars with the Yoda training Luke image in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. I was just playing it out of the blue, and I was like, well, hold on. Podcast material. But it was just kind of <laughs> fun because this game from the early 2000s, I was like, of course. Mm-hmm. A very, very <laughs> obvious Star Wars reference. That's fun. Um, that's very fun. The other thing I have, I didn't look at this, but last week, or no, the other day, whoever was running the Star Wars Instagram page released some photos for some screenshots from Bad Batch, captioned it as, you know, like, here's some, I don't know, they're like promoting uh, season 14, or, sorry, episode 14. Oh, that makes more sense. And they accidentally posted screenshots from these latest two episodes about a day or two in advance. Oh. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) So... Whoever runs the Instagram at Star Wars is probably sweating bullets. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. um, and this is about <laughs> this is about um, last week's episode because we talked in Jedi Fallen or in Jedi Survivor, Jedi Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. If there was a grappling hook, yes. One of our friends. This is the first comment I've heard from him in a while regarding the podcast. Uh-huh. Just texted us to message and correct me and yeah. say that there was no grappling hook. And I just thought that was yes. hilarious. Yep. Shout out to Caleb. He was like, there is no zipline. And I was like, okay. Yeah, I didn't know he had played. Uh, <laughs> I didn't either. He's a big old, he's bigger nerd than even I thought he was. <laughs> a secret nerd. Yeah, he just out of nowhere, the day we posted the pod, texted us with a time code and said... There yeah. is a gra- there's no grappling hook. It's like nine minutes, 20 seconds. Like, there's no grappling hook in the game. And I was like, okay. Took me a second to realize what the heck he was talking about. Because <laughs> he didn't even like mention, we weren't even talking about the podcast in the group chat. No, it was it was like the first text in like a couple hours. It was super funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's all the news I had. I got no news. I would love to just jump into. Let's go. To, we got the season finale. Hopefully not the series finale, but the season finale of season two of The Bad Batch with double episode. Uh, season two, episode fifteen and sixteen. The first episode being the summit. We, uh, how does the episode start? I don't quite remember exactly how it started. Uh, it starts. It. Um, oh gosh. It starts with uh, them on the ship. I think they're still kind of discussing what they're gonna do. Yeah. Um, and, and I thought theirs would be funny because they're like, well, this could be a trap. Oh, and no, think, they're on Pabu. That's what it uh, is. Yeah, so they're on Pabu in their ship. And mm-hmm. Tech has a funny comment because they're like, well, do we go back? Like, what do we do? And Tech goes, we do not leave our own behind. And they're like, mm-hmm. Crosshair is our brother. And I would just love for someone to cut um, immediately to them taking off on Camino, leaving Crosshair behind <laughs> at the end of the first season. I would love to see an edit of that. Um, yes, absolutely. Um, what's my first note here? They just, so they decide that they, uh, in order to figure out where Crosshair is, they figure out that there's going to be a meeting of some top Imperial officers. And you could they, almost call it like a summit meeting. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So they didn't call it a summit, but that's what I thought of. Yeah. The name of the episode is the summit. Everyone taking their private jets to talk about, um, <laughs> in a Bond villain mountain. <laughs> Um, and they realize Hemlock, the, the lead scientist at the, the base where we know Crosshair is being kept, uh, they know that Hemlock will be at that meeting and they're going to try to get in there and place a tracking beacon on Hemlock's ship. Yes. Don't touch my laptop. How dare you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll slam it right here. I'll shut it right now. 
Um, so, and then we have a scene where Fee kind of makes her move on tech and <sighs> so awkward. Like there are, I don't know quite know how to put it. There are lot, there are scenes in film and television that are meant to be awkward, but they are still awkward. Like they're not like, I can't, I'm not saying like observing the in situation, the situation is awkward as in the scene, the way the scene is shot shot quote in quotes it's an, it's animated the camera uh, placement. and written uh and voice acted is very awkward even though it's meant to be awkward even like and i'm blanking on her name what was her name fee fee i get fee and the other lizard lady sid sid so they're both one syllable names i cannot keep their name straight does this episode pass fee. the Bechdel test no, almost certainly does not <laughs> uh fee Oh, it, is it, awkward too it and does it does no the next episode does technically fee is supposed to be this smooth you know charismatic smooth. con artist and she is also very awkward and it's not even I, i'm going way too he deep didn't on give this her one too much scene. to work with if we're they just be like if we're supposed to believe there's any sort of romantic feeling going it's obviously fee feels romantic feelings about tech but if we're supposed to feel that tech feels for her i think mean, it totally fails because I, he is so cold and non-responsive to her that it, it, it's not funny either. It could be like, there's so many things it could be. It could be funny. It could be like charmingly awkward. It could be romantic. It, it, it's, it's none of those things. He it's was, just awkward. He was definitely like trying to avoid her. Yeah. He doesn't come <laughs> across to me as he has feelings for her and he's trying to avoid it. He just comes across as i don't want to talk to you <laughs> we, like he said and she, what the word she uses friends when friends she friend zoned him that's yeah. what i said <laughs> <laughs> but even then i don't feel like they're friends like i they don't have any sort of relationship they've had like five conversations on screen and not spent any time together it's just very strange but um and i and i harp on this because there's something that happens later in this episode that has retroactively made us realize why they've been emphasizing a lot of mm -hmm. Tech's character development. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I think his relationship and building relationship with Echo was pretty good. Oh, but if, no. if his relationship with Fee was supposed to make us care more about him as a character, I don't, I don't think it accomplished in that whatsoever. I don't think so either. Anyways, they get on their ship and they have a mission and uh this is a some i think pretty useless action happens that's not even worth describing uh you had a good quote that i thought was funny uh yeah okay so to f summarize my thoughts on that scene between <laughs> fee and tech they're just they're talking there's they don't ever use any sort of direct romantic language like i said she says friends there is no sort of chemistry between them at all it was like totally sterile and i said uh this show has the opposite relationship to sex as from and the show andor because <laughs> andor <laughs> is willing to be more adult about these sort of things and have like complex human relationships and love triangles and stuff and this show is like barely isn't even willing to like show romantic entanglement even though it's clearly wants to have it <laughs> anyways i'm glad you like that quote <laughs> I, I wrote it down in my notebook so, um go ahead that's they so they go to uh, ariadu ariadu thank you where the uh, imperial officers are meeting and they sneak into the base before that though there was a I, there was a moment i did enjoy when they're oh. trying to figure out how to get through on the monorail oh you did enjoy that okay be solely because i think 
text says we must be precise and every single one of them slowly turns and looks at wrecker oh i missed that that's oh, funny man. that's a good it was that's funny really good because they're like talking that. about the timing and jump, jumping on the monorail and they're like we have 30 seconds we have to be precise and it's just a silent moment <laughs> and they all turn around and look at him it's that's great it's, it's that's that's very funny oh is there a small moment that's like a completion of his whole thing of being scared of heights because he says something like it's not a problem for me or something that's what he was responding to i see he was responding to oh we to have them looking at him he was like what do you what do you mean of course i'm precise and that okay so not. i thought that was a reference to it being the monorail being very tall above so. the ground and there's a whole running gag of him being afraid of heights uh-huh. um anyways we then cut in on the meeting with the imperial officers yeah. and the most notable of which being there's a man who only talks once at the end of the meeting mm-hmm. but wears some very recognizable white mm-hmm. outfit mm-hmm. um and once he talks it it, it it's, gave it away is our boy krennic the uh the man who had commissioned the death star talk about, in rogue we, one and we talk about project stardust yeah they briefly mentioned project stardust can you imagine him trying to like sell that idea first it's called project stardust i feel like the other imperial officers would have made fun of him for that kind of name <laughs> like, it's like naming it glitter <laughs> oh man project glitter bomb yeah <laughs> it's it's a weird fan servicey moment. I think I would have rather him just not talked at all than ha- them have that line of dialogue. It was kind of interesting because he's he was supposed to be in Rebels. Yeah, that would have been season great. four, and I they mention him. Uh, oh yeah, because re- spoilers for for Rebels season four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a moment in season four, or maybe it's three, but either way, Thrawn is lamenting that he's got to fight for funding with his TIE fighter project against Krennic's top mm. secret project. Mm. Oh, and I know yeah. I have the art book and they like, they fully modeled mm-hmm. a credit character to put him in. I just don't think they had the time to really yeah. incorporate him, which is a bummer. Well, but, that is, is what pretty much this meeting is about. It's pretty much a, a budget meeting. And <laughs> it is interesting that this whole cloning project that Hemlock is doing is competing for budget with the Death Star. That you, is fascinating. Can you imagine if, I'm, you know, thinking about it, I'm kind of surprised Thrawn wasn't there. Yeah, Thrawn is maybe he's, maybe less of a planner. True. He's more, he's a war strategist. True. So this he is, wouldn't be involved in a meeting like that. I also don't think his project really came into light until like a couple years down the road. Yeah. Well, anyway. So, um, and the other notable thing about that meeting is it just had really nice lighting. Like the animation. Like mm-hmm. I think my whole thing about the animation in like season seven of Clone Wars and Bad Batch is while the budget has obviously exponentially increased since the first season of Clone Wars, um, they are stuck in that style. Like the, Because it's based off, it's all continuation of Clone Wars, they can't change the style very much. Yeah. So they're kind of limited in how much they can actually improve the animation. So they tend to put a lot of the money into improving the environments and the lighting and stuff. So while the characters, I would say, aren't the best designed characters... Uh, the lighting is immaculate. Like, this is very beautiful scene. Immaculate. And I think it's kind of, if I'm not reading too much into it, they're all kind of shrouded in darkness, but there's light, mm-hmm. like, streaming in, almost as if they're doing these dark things in broad daylight. Because mm-hmm. of the Empire, they're, they're kind of sneaking around, not telling anyone, because they're talking about, 
if the Senate figures out that they're they're holding clones against their will, yeah, um, that would not be good. But they're still doing like they can kind of do whatever they want, pretty much. Yep. Whereas they're like kind of the separatists were kind of sneaking around, doing a lot of things. Everything Palpatine was doing, he was doing behind the scenes and sneaking around. There's really no sneaking around anymore. They're in broad daylight. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was the intention of, but the the lighting was very different in this sequence. Mm-hmm. So there may have been some artistic integrity there. Uh, so we've got them going through the base. And I've noticed the Bad Batch was not using the stun on their guns. <laughs> they were full on lethal rounds. Which, per our obligatory every episode, I won't hesitate. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder if that's because they know they're not clones. Mm-hmm. So they're not afraid to shoot some random yeah, Joe off the they street. They are but done. <laughs> um, Omega was too. She, yeah, yeah, she is a little killer. So, I made a, re- a parallel between her and this year's breakout child <laughs> character, Mithrigan, Megan, the uh, robot child that just ugh. kills relentlessly. Um, speaking of relentless killers, Saw Gerrera shows up. Oh my up. gosh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be really honest because so Hunter looks behind a pillar and finds a thermal detonator, and in mm-hmm. half a second I went I'm I'm thinking who's around at this point that's blowing up Imperial stuff, and I almost <laughs> said Saw, and I so wish I had. I don't think he's listed on IMDb because I'm trying to figure out who voiced him because it did not sound like um, <laughs> T Bradley Baker. <laughs> no uh, i'm trying to think of uh force whitaker is who plays him in the movie yeah. and often voices him i know he voiced him in rebels um but i'm not seeing him listed on imdb here so i'm not sure because the voice performance was weird also i'm guessing this i don't remember saw guerrera and bad bat season one so i might be i believe uh, i don't i, I don't want andrew, wanna... andrew cashino who voiced him in the clone wars has also voiced him in Bad Batch. Okay, well there you go. So this this Sagrera is more based off Clone Wars mm-hmm. Sagrera than boy. Rebels and Rogue One. He does not age well, man, and we all know this, but like he looks way younger here, and this is only a couple of years. And well, I guess it's probably like fifteen He's years. He's in Jedi Fallen Order too. Oh yeah, it's probably about fifteen that a, years that until was a Rogue jump scare One for me. But it's like it's only like seven years until Rebels, approximately, like the beginning of Rebels. Because Rebels is... No, Rebels is 15 years after yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, it's 15 years because Ezra is 15. So this is about a year, I think a year and a half around. Like, no more than two years, but... I would guess two, two and a half years. Two, two and a half so years, far. maybe. Anyways, he just... He, man, he ate... But you know what? That's... This it's, this time period ages everyone. It, it ages Kenobi. Tarkin. It, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everyone <laughs> ages real fast in this era, so... It's it's the spite. Um, the emperor. Uh... Bail Organa gets real gray in this time period. Grief Karga has been jumping <laughs> a couple years between each one. Yeah, but he's post episode six. Oh, I'm right. talking about the period between oh, three and right, four. Right, right. Anyways, um, um, so then we get some more shootouts, and they're just wanting to put a tracking device on the on uh, Hemlock's ship, and uh, Sakura just wants to blow everyone up as is his uh his Prerogative. brand <laughs> his <laughs> no no survivors uh-huh and so they try to escape on a rail car and things don't go so well for them nope and and they uh some some ships are sent out uh, th- uh, nope we've skipped episodes no this the end of episode 12 15 is them on the rail car and they get 
shot at, don't they? Oh, it stops. It in the stops. Sh- okay, yes. Yep. So the episode ends with the power is cut out by the explosion. Now, I'm not realizing there was a weird element that was not resolved at all, which was the uh, meeting of the Imperial officers at the top of this mm-hmm. uh this base on top of a mountain at the summit which is the name of the episode and the explosion as like they realize that there are people attacking the base they lock it down the explosion happens and then we never cut back to that meeting like Saw totally failed at his mission not until not until yeah not until really the next episode when things have calmed down and they're starting orders yeah it just it feels like what if a, scene got a lot of build up for no payoff. Oh, like no. we knew, I think it would have been maybe a little bit more suspense if, sus- Sus- yeah, it's suspenseful. suspenseful. It would have been a lot more suspenseful if two characters we know are not going to die, like Tarkin and Krennic were not there. Mm-hmm. If it was just him locking a bunch of other um, Imperial officers, yeah. we would maybe believe that they're actually going to die. and yeah. But then, so when they survive, it'd be like, okay. But um, also, no, small note there, I there's a uh, character in here uh, named Hurst Remote, and he is voiced, he's, this character is from Rogue One. He's an Imperial, I believe he's an Imperial oh, officer. That's so cool. Because um, there was an Imperial officer in that meeting that I thought I recognized the mm, way he looked. Yeah. And so I believe he's one of Krennic's, uh, like, uh, inferiors. Um, so that there's another character from That's the movies so cool. in that scene or in this episode. I would imagine it's one of the Imperial officers. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting. Um, my final question for episode 16, what is Omega's kill count? <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, the top comment on the Reddit thread for this episode is no mercy for stormtrooper scum. Pew, pew, pew. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. So you get to episode 16, which picks up immediately after yes so there's a a pretty entertaining action sequence of them on this rail car shooting killing all stormtroopers in the rail car killing all stormtroopers in the other rail car uh these ships i i don't know how to look up these ships um hmm they can be taken down with a pistol yeah that i hated that hunter with one shot takes down one of them uh so how'd you lose your ship (laughs) clone shot me down with his pistol um i know that the bombers um star wars battlefront are they on your shirt bomber no on my shirt is just the two basic ones the Mm -hmm. uh tie fighter and the millennium falcon um in the original that's a uh battlefront 2 these ships were the bombers for the clones republic bomber uh in, in the movies, you only see them once. Here, they're V-wings. That's what they're called. Mm. Um, they in the movies, the only time you see them is they are escorting Palpatine's ship oh, to that makes sense. Mustafar. Um, but these have been a very frequent in use in Bad Batch, and if you notice, all the sound design for them is the same as the Tie Fighters, uh-huh. which I thought was kind of a cool touch. So um, they their shots derail part of the car that the Bad Batch is on, and thus causing tech to fall and catch himself with a grappling hook but if they don't um unhook his part of the car the rest of the the bad batch will fall and die so he sacrifices himself yeah um 
these moments are always weird for me because I'm always sitting there just waiting for it to be undercut and for a character to survive. Mm -hmm. So I have trouble feeling the actual emotions of the scene. We didn't see him die on screen. That is true. He is not dead on screen. He fell into the clouds. Maybe he was only like 20 feet below that. Oh, man. I... If if he shows up alive next season, I'm going to be kind of mad. But you can only do it so many times. Um, so as of right now, we believe he's dead. The care, the bad bat think he's dead, which I'm always okay with. Like, I think it's totally fine to fake a death so that the characters can like have new emo- new. Mm-hmm. But it feels like it with how quickly the the rest of the episode moves and the yeah. the way that this the this final episode ends. So we are now talking about episode fifteen. Uh, I didn't catch the... No, sorry, 16. I didn't catch the title. Oh, Order 99 is what it's called, which is what... Texas. Texas right before he dies. So I guess Order 99 is like, let me die or something like that, or know. let me fall. Leave me, or, lo- leave me behind. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so Tech dies. They all get in, in a big accident because they, uh, they activate the rail car and it just smashes Takes through off. a wall. <laughs> so, and I'm guessing because the, there were stormtroopers waiting at the other end for them mm-hmm. and that thing's coming in at like 60 miles an hour at least and mm-hmm. they jump out of the way and so you know very much a car accident um, yeah rough and so everyone's injured and pov your omega yeah we get a pov shot of omega there's and not really too many first person shots no that really caught me off guard there's, that was really interesting there's, there's one in rebels uh i don't remember the one in rebels it is i believe uh the second to last episode of season three because we get a POV of Callus. Oh, I do remember that. Yes. That, I mean, when I saw that, I was like, well, first person. <laughs> POV, you are the man you love. Um, and so then it, they just wake up um, and we see it. So um, it must have killed those stormtroopers. Yeah. Uh, they wake up on with a familiar droid. I'm AZ is his name, yeah, which means we're back with Sid, which is the worst possible outcome for these guys for <laughs> the so wor- many reasons. The worst timeline. <laughs> Even if she didn't end up selling them out, it would be just awful. Why? They've already screwed her over. They've already burned that bridge. I know they're limited, but this kind of this is the same thing with the Mandalorian. Could they not have gone to Pabu? It was probably too far away. They probably didn't want to lead the Empire back there. But just like the same thing with Mandalorian, there's so many things you could do, and they keep going back to the same stupid characters. Like, seriously, you can't like... Stockholm Syndrome. Like, surely you could... You could... Yeah, Stockholm Syndrome, yeah. You could just drop it on a random planet. I just just feel like there could be... Please, my son. Especially, like... no, someone you don't know could be better than Sid, who you know is going to sell you out. If, you know, if I was a medic in uh, the Star Wars universe and I saw a bunch of people that showed up like clones, you know what I do? I mind my business. <laughs> I'd help them and their child out. Mind my business. Yeah, I just, I feel like these guys should have maybe spent their time. I don't. I know it's it's the plot, but like it just is not believable to me that these care in this massive universe they keep going back to because like in the real world. You would be limited on transportation. I mean, like, yeah. And I mean, I'm not, I'm going to be honest. If I stood someone up that I was working for and she made an open threat to uh-huh, me exactly. that she was going to sell me out, I wouldn't want to go back. Now, if I think some a minor tweak that maybe could have fixed this was when we saw the hologram from her a few episodes back, if she had lied and been like, I'm worried about you guys, 
come find me anytime. And they were weary of that. But in this situation, they chose to like just like believe her. That would have made more sense. But because she openly threatened them last time we saw her yeah. on video chat or a uh, hologram. <laughs> Snapchat. <laughs> um, so she sells them out. Um, the clones, uh, the clone uh, commandos the, show not, up. Not the Empire. And there's just like a at any given time in the next five minutes, every character is captured and not captured. And, and it's not very entertaining, in my opinion. It's kind of rote and predictable. One of a uh, good quote you said, so, you know, the Empire shows up and you just said, shocked Pikachu face. Yeah. Just like <laughs> as soon as I saw the droid, I was like, Sid's going to sell him out. Like, that's just so yeah. predictable. We knew this was going to happen for a while. I just didn't think they would allow it to happen. Yeah. I was expecting um, it to happen on Pabu. But while, before they get sold out, um, Hunter talks to uh, Omega about retiring oh, to yeah. Pabu. So they're like, tech's dead. We have no idea how to get and rescue Crosshair. We're just going to call it a, call it a good game and, and retire. We got to go. We got to do something to keep Which is her a safe. Good call. Good plan. Doesn't pan out, unfortunately. It was interesting because. I was very curious where that conversation was going because Hunter was like, is that what you want, Omega? Mm -hmm. And I was expecting her to go, I don't know, like guns blazing on the Empire. <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting. So there's a there's a fight. There's um, Echo steals a, a, a walker. There, I will say, before we move on to that, when Hunter and Wrecker are being captured, mm -hmm. Hemlock does have a... A quote I found really funny. Okay. So he shows up, you know, Wrecker is not looking too hot. He's surrounded by like six commandos and Hunter shows up ready to fight. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Hemlock just says, you don't have to use your enhanced senses to know you're outnumbered. And I was like, ah. Got him. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> it was just. I don't know what kind of math they teach you on Camino. But as you can tell, <laughs> eight is greater than one. It's just really funny to me. Yeah. Um, I will say, if Omega could have done it, she should have just sniped Hemlock from her vent. I yeah. think she could. I don't know. But she then could've... they would have killed Hunter, though. Maybe. I mean, they had a gun to his head. They were threatening <laughs> to kill him already. And record. They, they didn't know that uh, Omega, Omega was, was in there. But um, and in that scene... <laughs> They throw some goggles, uh, oh, text the text goggles. goggles. Um, so that's our, that's supposed to be a confirmation that he's dead. But also, to me, you, you said earlier that we didn't see his body. Maybe realize that could totally be a misdirect, and that means they have his body, and he's pro he might be alive. Yeah. Like, if he's not dead. If he's alive next season, I feel like that would render pretty much this whole season almost worthless. Outside of, ironically, the two Crosshair episodes, which actually did accomplish a lot, there's only, I would say in this season, there were really only three episodes that accomplished. Out of 16 episodes, there were only three episodes that accomplished anything. The two Crosshair episodes and... The worst timeline. Yeah, and the episode where they were on Coruscant and got all the clones fired. I think that's a two-parter. Okay, so that's four episodes. Still, that's not a good ratio. That, that's only 25% of the season, and the Bad Bats are not in half of that. So, not, not a great ratio, unfortunately. Um... I think, like, what happened in this episode should have happened, like, halfway through the season. I also agree. Like, I this is my issue with television. It just is designed to get stretched out. But this this narrative is not strong enough to sustain 
this long of stretching out. Like, we should not be waiting this long to get... Like, at this rate, I don't know if we're going to see the actual clone uprising until... We thought we would see the clone uprising in season one. That's what I was expecting. Well, yeah. And we're not going to see it until, at best, the end of season three. If because that. So, to wrap up the discussion of this episode, they don't get a tracker on Hemlock ship. Echo they, and, we'll say Echo and Gonky versus the world. Yeah. Oh, that was fun. fun. That was kind of fun. Them stealing a, a very uniquely designed chicken walker. I will say, I, I thought of something because the chicken walker comes around and they're uh, Wrecker and... Hunter, Hunter or like Echo, uh, gotta be Echo. And my thought was, just imagine it's BB-8. <laughs> yeah, like in Last Jedi. <laughs> and um, what a cameo! The uh, the clones and Hemlock escape with Omega, and our other three bad remaining Batch Batch escape in their ship, and they're devastated. Yeah, and they're like Hunter's like we're gonna find Omega no matter what. And they're going to kill everyone. It cuts to the uh, Imperial base where they've, uh, they have Omega and she meets the Imperial, the the female Imperial scientist that we've seen sprinkled throughout the season. Mm -hmm. And I found her New Zealand accent, very suspicious (laughs) the whole season. And she, uh, Omega's like, I don't even know you. And she kneels down and she says, you should, I'm your sister. Cut to black. Which is interesting, first of all, because there are multiple Omega clones, or maybe she's lying. That could be it, too. But she did sound like her and looks just a little bit like her. I saw someone on TikTok say that this just last week. Like, what if Emery is an Omega clone? I'm sure they're probably, like, flipping out right now. Like, ah, I got it! Um, (laughs) My thought is... Well, it'd be the other way around. Omega would be a clone of her. But they're just... They're all, they're technically both clones of Django Fett with a female. Here's my question, because they talked about Omega, Omega's name is Omega because she was the other unaltered clone in the first season. Do you remember them talking about that? Where Alpha is Boba. Oh, interesting. So I don't know if maybe that was just a reveal of she was a clone, but I took it to say that because she seems to be aging a little normally. Yeah, I I would think she's just been around longer. But I don't know. I guess there's there's. I, I took it as to find out. I took it as I, I they gave Django his choice of two ki- whatever kids he wanted to ah, adopt. And so, so Omega is more of a pure clone. That's but what I was thinking. We we also I think there was some um, hypothetical uh, speculation early in season one that. Omega was force sensitive. That yeah. she exhibited some traits that made it seem like the original assumption was is that she she's, a failed Palpatine clone. Well, that well not necessarily a failed Palpatine clone, but is she part of the attempt to make a force sensitive clone? Yeah. Period. Um, and we don't fully know what Hemlock's plan is, what he wants. We just know that he wants cloning technology, but we don't know exactly what he wants to use yeah. it for. Um, so I joked that he wants to make a clone army of uh crosshair <laughs> the worst beings in the universe and, and we see omega c crosshair mm-hmm. so yeah. here's my prediction for the next season um next season is it's just gonna be crosshair and omega escaping and road tripping across the galaxy 
for the entire season and they have Ooh. an american tale moment where they're trying <laughs> to find the rest of the bad batch and they keep showing up on the same planets that. and just missing each other yeah so i kind of alluded to it recently uh, earlier in the episode but pretty much I was thinking that we don't see the clone uprising until the end of next season because this this the, conclusion up. sets up the basic plot for next season, which is find Omega. Uh, find Omega, which it's it, that feels like something. The way this show is written, that seems like something that will take multiple episodes. It's not gonna, not going to be resolved like, in the first episode unless it's resolved in between seasons like Grogu and Mandalorian. <laughs> what show comes out next that they can? Or just do it in like a mobile app or something. Oh gosh, they're gonna do it in a Fortnite release like they did with Palpatine's <laughs> Return. We're gonna, or they're gonna do it like there's um, infamously a element of the Halo new Halo trilogy was resolved in a coloring book. Oh my gosh! So before we move on, overall season thoughts. That's fine. That's it's whatever. That's where I'm at, and I, I just. I don't know. I don't want to say my expectations were too high for this season, mm -hmm. but based on what they had been alluding to last season, you know, I was just expecting more. I really feel yeah. like all the things that we should have seen should have been the halfway point. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think there are a lot of episodes that just, mm -hmm. they didn't land the way they were supposed to. I think they were supposed to, uh, you know, they're like supposed to, draw the batch together kind of draw out their personalities and i just don't really think it worked i think the, i enjoyed the first two episodes i think if i had to like redo it i would have kept one two and three mm -hmm. i would have removed the racing episode with tech 100 percent. um i don't even remember what the fifth episode is yeah is that knows? is that the episode where they find let me i don't know i would have kept seven and eight for sure um i think the episode where they're trapped in the mine could have maybe been one absolutely yeah the whole like three or four episode arc where they were caught on that planet with the mines and the children and that oh i could have just you could have taken all of that out it's totally unnecessary that, that was and the one where they went and found those random giant robot monsters that we never saw again was five yep yeah that so, never came back yeah that felt that was really arbitrary that feels like something maybe they were setting up some lore for like jedi survivor or something yeah oh so i would have kept one two three um and six which is where we see uh the the chewbacca or the the wookie jedi yes whose name uh joji john g Goji? Gungi. 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 Um, seven and eight, of course, which is the Coruscant episodes. The ones where they were in the mine and kind of saved the, the like the Oliver Twist one. Mm -hmm. Cut it, it out. Could have been one. Or at it. least just do the mine one. Um, I did enjoy the one where they found the Zillow Beast. Yeah, but ultimately, like, what's the point of that? That, it, it ties up a plot line from back yeah. in Clone Wars season four. And that does show, I mean, it's a callback, but mm -hmm. Palpatine kept it at the end of season four to talk up so they could clone mm -hmm. it. Um, there's that. I would have kept the outpost with Crosshair. I don't mm -hmm. think an episode, on, like one episode for Pabu would have been bad. Um, yeah, at least I, if it had been used as like an escape from Sid. Mm -hmm. And then... It just, it feels like we waited so long for this season, a year and a half. 
for very little to actually happen. And like, and I, and I don't like to be the person that's like, oh, filler episodes, mm-hmm. because like, there's a difference between pacing and filler. Mm-hmm. But I think there was just. It's like they tried to pace it out and they tried to put in character development and it was just kind of along the lines of like, I don't... And there's so many Star Wars shows coming out. Mm-hmm. There's the Acolyte. There's oh, the Skeleton God. Crew. There's Ahsoka. There's going to be more Mandalorian. Uh, yeah. Um, Presumably, they're probably going to want to spin off some characters from Ahsoka if it goes well. Oh boy, I hope so. Um... <laughs> We don't need more. So don't, there's no reason to stretch out Bad Batch. Like I understand like when Clone Wars came out, that was the only Star Wars thing that existed. Mm-hmm. Like mainline. That, that was, that like, was Star Wars. to stretch out Bad Batch to fill up the 14 years until Rebels? <laughs> I hope not. Um, anyway, so that's, that I think concludes I, our thoughts. It was, yeah, it was fine. It I, is. I'm not really, you know, it's kind of a special moment though, because that was the start of this podcast. We sure started with episode one. Um, and now we're at the, we're, we're through our first show as a podcast. That is kind of fun. It was. And you know what? There were some great episodes. It was there a fun journey really overall. Ones. And you know, we get that in every show. Mm-hmm. There are some great, except Andor. Andor is perfect. Yeah, Andor is phenomenal. <laughs> Um, we'll see if this show, this podcast continues until the next Mandalorian comes out or the next Bad Batch comes out in three years. Um, um, but in the meantime, it took so long because they just went and made the third season. Yeah. Well, I doubt it, but it's possible. Mm. Well, have they even officially announced if there's going to be a third season? That would suck. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine if they just stop it now? That'd be awful. It's up to the fanfic writers to save us. (sighs) Dude, this podcast gonna we're just gonna have to cover fan fiction. Oh. No, we're not. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> uh, okay, so on to this week's episode of The Mandalorian, season five. Oh no, season episode. three, episode five, entitled "The Pirate." Now, unfortunately, it's not about everyone. It is oh. not about everyone's Star Wars favorite Star Wars pirate. Man, I can't talk today. We we did see the title card and the first words out of my mouth were, "Oh, fees back," <laughs> <laughs> or. That's everyone's least favorite pirate. <laughs> least favorite character. Everyone's favorite pirate. Hondo Onaka. He smells profits. But unfortunately, not in this episode. Unless things go really horrible for him and he became discount uh, uh, Davy Jones. They did him, I'm not going to lie. They did him dirty in Rebels. <laughs> I love Rebels, but I'm just like, man. Yeah, some of their character designs are not the best. So, Anyways, <laughs> we are talking about the pirate. Uh we get a grief carga solo episode. <laughs> yeah, I was really scared. So so far this season, especially like the last episode, was it the last episode? Was you, no two the episodes. Third ago. episode was Pershing, yeah. um, which I did. I did love that one. But um, I was really worried this episode was going to be just about the the I and grief carga and or the uh, the Republic Rangers. Oh yeah. Um, thankfully, it did actually include the Mandalorian, though he's also not super present in it. Um, I think it was somewhat of a mistake to keep him in his spaceship the whole time. We'll talk about it in a minute, but so we get to see, so, uh, the pirates come back to Navarro and start blowing it up and mm-hmm. Cargo's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to call the Republic, the new Republic. And he sends it to, oh, I can't remember his name. I keep thinking Trapper Wolf, but that's Dave Filoni. Yeah. Um, Carson Tiva. Yes. 
Carson's a rather ordinary name for a Star Wars character. Remember remember our Rebels watched through Imagine being named Caleb. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sorry to the Calebs we know. We Mm -hmm. didn't didn't realize it until after we said it. And no, I mean, no shade to people named Carson in real life. It just (laughs) is not the kind of name I would expect to see in Star Wars. Um, So, yeah, he uh submits a call and we get to see like a fun little like naval base on an Mm -hmm. island somewhere and so we get introduced to carsa carson and so yeah so okay so to to slow down just a little bit to build up to this grief cargo sends out his his uh communication his his uh plea for help to the republic uh and carson is at a bar and he's watching it and a uh familiar figure walks up and starts talking to him about this and as soon as he shows up blurry in the background both of us knew exactly who this gentleman was uh what kind of species is he a lasant a, a lasant everyone's favorite lasant from the the star rebels the not the star the star wars show rebels zeb zeb aurelius um our boy well it, one of the one he's of the one of the main characters of star wars rebels if you don't know he's I feel like one reason Rebels is amazing is that everyone loves the core crew. There's not like if you watch Rebels, I think you probably like all of those characters. And he had to grow on me at first. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, oh, the entire show has to. Not like the sure. show doesn't. Like once you get into the rhythm of the show, the the main crew are such good characters. Would you like to see? Would you like to see my notes? Yes. From that, uh, so I am thrilled. Holy f, Zeb! <laughs> Where? What? What was your next note? I didn't type. Where well. the hell is Callus? Where is he? My favorite. But anyways, I am stoked because he looked great. Mm-hmm. Be- I think that's one of the things that the concept art is a little because Zeb the Lasat race are based off of the original Chewbacca concept art. Yes, and so in the concept art they look a little. Mm-hmm. And his scary. I you can't look at his eyes for too long in Rebels because they're pretty much just green olives. <laughs> Yeah. With little dots. Yeah. And uh, he looks phenomenal looks in this so CGI. Good. It's live action, but it's CGI. They ate. They, and, they put so much work. They put, um, it's the original voice actor. Yes. Steve um, Blum. Yes. Is that his Steve name? Blum. He's sounds great. I, I know exactly what everything else that he's in. Man, it is. Is he Transformer? Yeah, he's plays Starscream in Transformers Prime. Oh, my gosh. Oh we my get a gosh. surprise Transformer voice actor in a live it action show. It was a surprise to me. <laughs> <laughs> he's in a lot of stuff too like his mm-hmm. like he's got the whole nine yards if you look yes. him up on Transformers IMDb. Prime he was Starscream in the uh, 2008 cartoon Wolverine and the X-Men he played Wolverine he's in he's the voice of of Spike in Cowboy Bebop mm-hmm. does that not mean anything to you? I know what Cowboy Bebop is yeah but he's the main character yes I know what that is oh okay you didn't at least in the movie is he in the show type furiously yes he's the voice he's the english language voice of spike that's cool i did not know that um so that was that doesn't ultimately lead anywhere it's just a little cameo it, it could be a lead to ahsoka though oh absolutely in this particular in this single episode we don't see him again Dick unfortunately like, you know whose favorite character is coming back mine ahsoka uh-huh <laughs> um i'm just saying where's callus yeah so callus is the uh imperial officer turned good guy in rebels and him and zeb became friends and uh <laughs> I, <laughs> so you <laughs> you uh-huh you uh. <laughs> as soon as the scene ended you went where's callus 
This is in, this is important to Rachel because Callus is He's one of her favorite, favorite characters. And I, I just pointed at Zeb and I went, "Where's your boyfriend?" <laughs> Where is he? <laughs> you know, you know when Batman's like, "Where's Rachel?" Me with Dave Filoni asking where Callus mm-hmm. is. Where is he? Here's a fear that I thought before we started podcasting. If we see Callus in the reintegration camps, I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh wow, man, that's interesting. I guess he since he was already a rebel. I don't know, man. It's possible though. Like, I mean, they could have been like, wow, you did such a good job during the war, but now we have uh, regulations, so into jail you go. <laughs> Actually, no, he doesn't, because we see him canonically go to the Lasat planet at the end. Rebel mm-hmm. season four, <laughs> like, canonically go to the Lasat planet. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's just there. He's vibing. Yeah. He was like, I'm not going to come back to the New Republic or I'll go to jail. So um, our Republic Ranger friend, uh, Carson, oh, yes, <laughs> he anyways, goes to back Coruscant. To the <laughs> Um, and meets with Tim Meadows. Uh, character's name is Colonel Tuttle. Tim Meadows is most famous for having been on Saturday Night Live, um, I believe. Yeah, he was on Saturday Night Live in like the 80s. Um, and uh, also there is uh, everyone's favorite new character from episode three of The Mandalorian. Um, Alaya. Alaya. The, Played by uh, Katie M. O'Brien. Mm-hmm. Alaya Kane. Uh, she is a ex-imperial who is clearly still imperial and who worked for Moff Gideon mm-hmm. is clearly now working as a spy for whatever imperial remnant she reports yeah. to and is sabotaging the New Republic and she pretty much sabotages Carson's attempts to get help because she's like oh they're not a part of the New Republic yet so mm-hmm. maybe they just need to learn that this is what happens and I was like wow you're good at playing a bad, mm-hmm. like a bad guy mm-hmm. So then Carson goes to the next group of people he knows could help uh, Grief Karga, the the Mandalorians, and is able to find them because uh, the Mando's new astromech uh, that she, he got at the beginning of the season, R5, was yeah. a rebel astromech. He was like, my friend told me you were here. Uh-huh. I thought one of the Mandalorians was going to have been a rebel, is what he meant. Yeah, that so. would have been really cool. I mean, if they put on mm-hmm. the helmet and they go the way, they could do whatever they want. And um, so they pretty Carson's pretty much able to convince Mando that he owes Karga the help and the people of what's the name of the planet again? I keep forgetting. Navarro. Navarro. Um, I'm sorry. You go. And then so then they have a uh, powwow with all the Mandalorians, and it was funny. The um, the armorer is talking. No, Mando's talking. And then he hands the armorer <laughs> one of her hammer hammers. So I assume that was kind of a gesture of equip up it's time to fight but i made the joke is that the talking stick and then she gives the hammer to vizsla and he starts talking I was like, it is a talking it's stick like the mandalorian uh uh co- convent i don't know mm-hmm. covert i guess i don't know it's like giant kindergartners they have a, they have a talking <laughs> stick um one thing i wanted to go back to real quick was like a lot of what they're putting together in Mandalorian season three is really going to support how everyone was confused by how Palpatine came back. I mean, we're seeing this in Bad Batch too. We are seeing, I mean, we're seeing all the cloning stuff that's been mm-hmm. super top secret. I mean, granted, we see, we've seen how the empires kept things top secret. They built a whole planet destroyer twice, three times <laughs> um, before anyone realized. And so 
this is something I know about from uh, Bloodlines, the book that is put after Return of the Jedi, and it's about le- spoilers for the Bloodlines book if you care. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is Leia's. This is Leia joining the New Republic as a senator. And mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of interesting stuff in that book. There's a smear campaign against her because they find out Vader, her, Vader's her dad. And, you know, kind of like, understandably, people don't love that. Um, but so, the she, Leia was against the rapid demilitarization of the New Republic, mm-hmm. which is what they're doing right now. They're getting mm-hmm. rid of everything. They're like, the war's over. We don't need anything. And, like, I mean... We're seeing a government kind of going, not wanting to be a war government like the last one. So like, well, we don't want to be it. But in a way, they're leaving themselves entirely undefended. Yeah. I mean, when there's pirates running around like this, this gentleman that they fight in this episode, what is his name again? Uh, um, I can't Shard? find it here. Uh, yeah. Gorian Shard, which is a cool name, That's by the way. That's a pretty good name. Got some cool names in this show. Yeah. Um, when there's pirates run, flying around with ships like that. You can't just de- you can't yeah. just like get rid of all your stuff. Yeah. Who's going to like who just going to expect them just to go away or just yes. going to abandon the outer rim? Yes. It's a terrible idea. So, it's it's interesting. Um I had a comment when uh Tiva shows up to the covert. I was like they're going to kill him. He took off his helmet. <laughs> <laughs> uh but so we go back to the campfire with the Mandos. Mm-hmm. Um and I was not expecting to see has side with Din and Bo. Yeah. It was, it's, I'm, He's building up his argument like, why should we fight another fight? Why should we put our lives down? And there's a pause like, because we're Mandalorians. And I was like, really yay! Good. Like, because I was sitting there like wondering like, you guys, this is whole, your whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> your whole thing is fighting. And then he turns it around. I thought that was actually a legitimately like surprising turnaround. That, he was um, like, they saved my son when we all gave mm-hmm, up. And mm-hmm. I was like, Aw. And everyone like very cartoonishly like hangs their head when yeah. he says that. We're like, mm. So, and so they uh, they gear up and they go to war um, on. And so we shall go oh, to war. Very nice Pirates of the Caribbean reference. Three, first of all. Yes. Put some respect. I do wasn't on a world's end. I was just saying the series, <laughs> not the specific film. Too many. It's too many pirate jokes we're going to make tonight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, I just kept saying bloody pirates. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing. Um, they then there's just pretty much the rest of the episode just kind of a big fight from there yeah. on really. <laughs> There's a pirate that has like a warthog head. Warthog head. You just go, is that Pumba? <laughs> is that Pumba? Um, we made a course, uh, Corsair versus Crosshair joke. Yeah, the of name the of ship. It, the ship is a Corsair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we said, is that named after the legendary Crosshair? <laughs> Crosshair. Another conniving, mm-hmm. horrible creature. We we did get to see the return of the Anzellans. <laughs> Yeah, I was so afraid they were going to get hurt. I'm really glad they didn't. They were, I'm really, I don't know if I could take it. I'm also very glad that they weren't um, hurt because it was it was cute watching them because they were sitting at their window like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they were thinking, how long does is it going to take them to realize that we're here? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. They were very adorable. Um, I really enjoyed the tactical Mandalorians. They dropped down and they were using like technical talk mm-hmm. with each other and they were being very stealthy. And They've been waiting for something that. like this for a while. And I think... It it just felt like I do under I do th- feel people's kind of hesitation to Mando kind of getting sidelined in his own show, um, like Boba Fett. For yeah, Boba I know. Fett. But in this episode, especially, it like he, I mean he was doing stuff. He was in, but I just feel like him being in the, his own ship the whole time kind of made it feel like he wasn't really active in the battle. 
I think it would have been... They need to put an S at the end of the title card. The Mandalorians. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but overall, it's a beautifully shot scene. Actually, I um, forgot to check... Uh, oh, the director of this episode is most known for being one of the co-directors on... Um, I almost said Steven Universe. <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Ah, uh, yes. Um, so like you said, like, great fight. I, mm-hmm. I really, like, I don't know. I was like, wow, this is, you know, really great fight. And we kind of see a moment where, you know, the Mandalorians are pinned down. And actually for a moment, it's like, ooh, are we mm-hmm. going to lose any? And with the uh, pretty big artillery gun that they put on Grief Karga's balcony. And then the armor shows up and just goes ham. And hand to hand. She goes, uh, can, can be from Obi-Wan. <laughs> and just decimates these people with her like little pinchers and hammer and just takes them out it's pretty mm-hmm. cool um so i mean the fight's kind uh, the fight's almost kind of over i will say um i don't think it was super smart of the townspeople to return that suit <laughs> yeah they put themselves in real danger yeah um, but so they but sh- it's a happy ending they take down also they take down the pirate ship and it very easily could have wiped up oh, the rest of that gosh. town. It conveniently lands in the ditch outside or whatever. Mm-hmm. Hey, at least I have supplies to uh, scavenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, they are welcomed but with... O- um, our, our friend is calling her right now. I don't know why you can call him back later, right? Yeah, that's weird. Um, <laughs> let's put him on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if it was a different friend i would probably answer it and make him talk on the pod but i think uh not um well so uh they they, are welcomed the uh the people of the city welcome the mandalorians with welcome arms Mm -hmm. to with open arms to come and live there and uh the we, we kind of had a good laugh the uh armor immediately goes down into her, back the, the back sewers. of the sewers um but that's because that's where her, um, her forge. forge is and she <laughs> has a, a talk with Bo Bo Katan and tells her to remove her helmet and says and Bo hesitates mm-hmm. she's like I, yeah. <laughs> I know this I, trick I just don't fit it in don't make me a weirdo again <laughs> uh but uh the armor is like you you've shown that you walk the way but we need all the mandalorians to be together again and you walk in both worlds and so you're gonna lead us and so uh, my name is the armor and i support this message (laughs) (laughs) she yeah she changed her tune really fast Mm because she's like i only heard of the armor in legends and you've seen it only heard of the uh (laughs) the armor only is in legend she wasn't there the whole time she was a ghost the armor said the The mythosaur (laughs) oh that's good uh but yeah so she takes off her helmet um once again the armor is monologuing at her forge um if she goes too long we might get another order 66 scene Um, (laughs) but she makes a comment that you had a really funny response to of the air rang with the, she says the air rang with the blows of a hundred hammers and like talking about the great forge at Mandalore and mm. you just quip sounds awful <laughs> look I grew up with a little brother who's a drummer and per, per indoor percussion <laughs> kind of drives me insane 
<laughs> I'm getting a, a shocked look from my friend Rachel because she too is a drummer. I can't believe your friends, gosh. <laughs> so anyways, I'm going to willfully go past that. So the armorer has cast her vote to Bo to bring them all together yeah. again. Mm-hmm. So here we get Bogotan getting her second chance. Um, so they come out and everyone's like, whoa, she took her helmet off. She's like she's got the scarlet letter on her chest or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, so even and the armor gives her a seal of approval. She's mm-hmm. like, ah, nope, she's gonna bring back everyone. We have to be all together again. So I wonder if like you know, Mando, you know, Din getting them this home made the armor like Lighten up a bit. Yeah. So they're gonna go retake Mandalore. And I thought that was the end. And we get another scene. Yeah, so our our friend Carson um, is is flying in space, and he finds a a wrecked ship, this, an imperial ship. This was a creepy scene. Mm, it felt like something. I I, I said to you, space zombies. This felt out of like Alien. Yeah, it felt like something evil was going to happen, but it was just more going to be a, a very dramatic reveal of some new information. He sends a little droid. So his astrojack sends a probe, which is flying. kind of a funny detail. It's the same thing that R2-D2 uses when he falls into the swamp in Dagobah mm-hmm. in episode five, he like has this like periscope that mm-hmm. shoots up is the exact same thing, but it like shoots out of the astromech's head and is like a probe, which was kind of funny. Yeah. And um, it, it investigates inside and finds all the dead, uh, the it, dead Republic troopers. Uh, yes. And we find out whose ship it is. It was, it was transporting Moff Gideon to trial. And it's very clear that someone uh, broke him out, and he's like, who could have done this? And there's some Beskar shards yeah. in there. And They're so like, the Mandalorians? we know what the other Mandalorians have been doing. They've teamed up with the Imperial Remnant. See, my first thought was that it was a frame job. It could be. But it, my assumption oh, would be it that be it's residual. the... Because we've been told multiple times this season that they that the other Mandalorians have become mercenaries well and we did see in rebels that there were mandalorians that teamed up with them mm-hmm. yeah so we could there could be a third Vizla brother <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it would seem as though um they're queuing up for the rest of the season there to be mando a battle mando. between our main mando enclave and the rest of the mandalorians is going to be mando on mando violence now here's here's my other question where is sabine good question she's going to be in ahsoka yeah where, where's this what's ahsoka doing where there's, is she there's gonna be an where interesting uh build up to, is this to gonna go, ahsoka is mandalorian gonna sure. go like straight into ahsoka i hope Timeline so what? me too Looking actually no to it. i think ahsoka technically happens much quicker after return of the course after- i think ahsoka is gonna be pretty it's gonna be more similar to kenobi in the sense True. that it has like lots of different like, you know, flashbacks it's gonna like show lots of different timelines i think or not timelines, yeah. but different periods. I saw a comment about that that we can talk about mm-hmm. later. Um, so overall, fun episode. Gave us lots of good information. Good action. Good fun. Um, it's mostly a, a Mandalorian's episode than a Mandalorian episode. Grogu, barely relevant in this episode. but <laughs> He shows up to get roasted by Paz. Yeah. <laughs> we sacrificed Mandalorians for this youngling. And Grogu's like, that's me. <laughs> Transition into everyone's favorite segment. Meme minute, but it's longer than a minute. It's a meme parsec. It's a meme astro second. Uh, oh, it didn't click correctly. Just a second. Sorry. I'll be back later. Hey, where are you two going? It's Wednesday. Oh. 
Love this meme. Love this meme. I saw it originally as an image. Uh, and you, you, in the image version, you get uh, uh, Elastigirl in that saying, oh, right, Mandalorian night. Uh, I just thought that was really relevant and uh, relatable. What memes you got for us this week, Rachel? <laughs> um... So someone someone wrote a joke that Bo-Katan was so openly accepted in the children who watch because she's the... I don't know if you just heard my stomach make that noise. That was rough. <laughs> um, she's the only one with a car. <laughs> so She's got a, a so minivan gonna, for everyone to jump into. I'm going to play this. Um, now, I got to say... I think the Children of the Watch's acceptance of Bo-Katan is genuine. It very much seems the case that if you walk the way, you are welcome. However, I desperately want to believe that the only reason they're letting Bo-Katan in is because she is the only one with a car. I mean, sure, Din has his little one-seater sports car, but Bo has got the minivan they have been waiting for. She is taking the whole comfort to McDonald's. Bo is not saying this is the way because she believes. She is saying this is the way because she is the only one with a license and she will not accept any backseat drivers. Why else would she be the only one to think about getting a ship to chase this thing? <laughs> Very I, good. I just thought that was really funny. So there's a clip from Transformers 4 that I, the way it's edited is hilarious. He's he's fighting with the, the uh, Did it, they're not right. dinosaur cons, what are they called? Dino con, dino bots, dino bots? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, um... We're giving you freedom. <laughs> Love that. Love that edit. That really encapsulates uh, uh, Bayformers, Optimus Prime. Um, so this is a comparison someone made from last episode of Paz Vizsla. Oh my god. <laughs> so it's it's a clip of Paz Vizsla. When he infamously looked up the cliff uh-huh. face last episode, had to tilt his entire mm-hmm. body back, and then it immediately sh- moves to a clip of Michael Keaton's Batman, who, due to the <laughs> neck piece, had to do the same. <laughs> uh huh. Great, great comparison. Hilarious. I have, these are just Instagram links that I have. I have no, I don't remember what they are, so we're going in blind. My son. From an SNL skit. Yeah, so that's Pedro Pascal yeah. himself, uh, the the Mandalorian, from an SNL skit. But behind him is footage of Grogu. He just like <laughs> that's a jump. great use of that that clip. Love that. Um. So this is this says by far the best description of Mandalorians in Star Wars lore. And it starts with Bo-Katan and Ezra, um, from Rebels. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it was, it's just the cut of a Mandalorian with a jetpack is a weapon to Paz Vizsla just landing after chasing his son. <laughs> I'm out of fuel. I don't know. It's just. I oh, love it. Um, this is a purely visual meme, but I mostly. Oh, I, love visual I just want to get uh, Rachel's re- reaction live on mic. <laughs> is that a house? So it's got to be intentional. Um, there is it's a photograph of a mobile home 
but it looks a bit like a sand crawler. <laughs> and if someone has expertly photoshopped a, a uh a jawa head onto Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the screen. Uh and I just think it's hilarious. Oh man. So So I got I got this moon says Grogu getting all the fancy pure Beskar while the other kids get the $20 costume from Walmart. Oh, I almost sent that to you. That kid's armor just in that single frame, the way he's standing <laughs> it looks is, it's it's, so it's the it's uh, what is his name? Ragnar? That's not Ragnar, that's a different it's just oh, some okay. random non-named kid. Um I I saw this this on TikTok about tonight's episodes. First we got to see a live action Zeb drop, then we got to see Tech drop. Oh no. <laughs> Yikes! Poor tech. Um, rip. Um, Rest in peace. Let's, let's, let's see what this is. I've probably done more sword fights on celluloid than any actor in history, I should think. And this I've is Christopher Lee. To prove it. And this fight played is Dooku. greater yeah. than anything I've ever been involved in. You notice the phrase I use: "I've ever been involved in," because I don't do all that much of it. I physically can't. My hands and my arms will move very fast. My legs won't, not anymore. Most of it is done by my stunt double, who is absolutely superb. But I understand that when you see his face, mine is superimposed. So it will look as if I, the actor Christopher Lee, is involved in one of the greatest fights ever seen on the screen. I've probably done Christopher Lee describing how movies work made me so happy the way he says my stunt double and my stunt double <laughs> as i understand it they will put my face they will superimpose my face on his body so it will be me you seem like me the actor of christopher lloyd <laughs> just like he's talking in such a way as if he comes from an era where P. U. had to explain what a movie was to people and he's still stuck in that era in his head. I think he still thinks the common man doesn't know how movies work. Um, so rip in, rip in peace. Rest in peace. Rest in peace and peace. Rest in peace, Christopher Lee. We love you. Uh, we miss you. You were a treasure. Oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> on celluloid. I'm looking on Reddit. Fee, so you were just going to leave without saying goodbye. Tech, that is correct. <laughs> very straightforward uh earlier today we had a conversation about how people on the spectrum are very blunt <laughs> that is that is tech to a t um this is my last last meme for the week that's what that uh that's what the clone has with his uh twilight family <laughs> the farmer so, what, uh what i've just shown uh, Rachel is a Lego ATTE Walker, the Clone Wars uh, Walker, but it is entirely made out of John Deere Legos. So it is green so with John Deere tractor logos around it, um, and it is hysterical to me. Um, I think this is the last thing I got. I didn't have okay. too many. Someone also on uh, uh, Bad Batch or on uh, Reddit. It's okay, guys. Tech survived. His voice actor is slated to return in season three. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> classic D. Bradley classic jokes. D. Bradley Absolutely Baker. classic. Wait, what was the... Oh, man, we made a joke that he voiced someone. I can't remember who it was. Oh, um, man. It was probably Saul Guerrero, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I yeah. was trying to figure out who Saul Guerrero, who played like, Saul Guerrero in this episode. And he's like, yeah, this is probably D. Bradley. Probably D. Just throw... What's another one? What's another one? That's another one. I mean, we got rid of tech, so he can have. He's, <laughs> he's got some time. He's got some time. Um, well, that brings us to the end 
of this week's episode, I believe. Three episodes. Um, thank you so much for sticking with us through three months of this podcast. We're at the end of March now. Wow. Um, as always, thank you to Caleb Jacoby for our intro and outro music. Props to Rachel for our artwork. Props, Props to, to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, you're gonna do it for me. I was well, gonna so do kind. it for you. Okay. Props. <laughs> not as funny now. Uh, props <laughs> to Cameron for editing all of this and letting mm-hmm. me borrow your headphones this week. Oh yeah, we. Um, I forgot to mention at the top of the episode we are back in my uh, house for the first our time since. Supervisor's not like, here. Yeah, we don't have Athena though. Funny joke. So Athena is a black cat who oftentimes curls up and sleeps next to the TV. And I had a jacket wrapped up in a chair next to the TV, and Rachel just pointed and goes, "That looks like Athena." It did. It, out of the I corner kept, of my eye, I, I totally got it. I kept seeing her. I kept see. I kept seeing her in my mind's eye. I kept mm. like seeing it out of the corner of my eye, and I was like, "That's my cat. Mm-hmm. What's she doing here?" That was great. Um, yeah, we, I changed location to the last second because I'm on some, uh, heavy pain medication. Um, I got, um, I'm getting the implant for a new tooth put in and Rachel made a great star Wars joke, uh, at my expense as in she said, I didn't know you worked for the empire (laughs) because we had two Imperials this season on bad batch kill themselves with electronic crunchy, spicy teeth. Tic Tacs. Um, Jump on our Twitter. Uh, Rachel runs our Twitter. She does a great job. Uh, we're also on Facebook. I run the Facebook. Um, you can see very different energies in how we run yes, it. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, leave us a review. I'll read it out on the pod. Um, send us a message on Facebook or Twitter. Send us some memes. Send us send us something, and we'll we'll call it out on the pod. We'll give, give you a, a shout out. Um, and so this is Cameron and Rachel signing off, saying, "Zeb, where's your boyfriend? Where is he?" <laughs>